everybody. Welcome to D-Bronx Podcast, uh, post-2019 draft edition. Um, I, my name is Austin. I'm joined here with Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? Doing well, Austin. Good to hear your voice. Ian, how you doing? Pretty good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Hey, we got the whole team together today, so we feel good about that. All three of us are here ready to go. And we just First. came out of the draft uh, just a few days ago, um, and... We had some picks that we're excited about. We want to just kind of cover those. And and uh, later on, we're going to be talking about uh, the Chris Harris situation. As most people, if you're in Bronco country, you're familiar with what's going on there. Uh, we'll cover that a little bit later. But let's start with the NFL draft. Um, the biggest name, of course, uh, being uh, quarterback Drew Locke out of Missouri. Uh, but before that, we actually had a couple picks before we even got to him, um, which means that we got good value. Um, let's go with pick number one. Um, Noah Fant, tight end. Uh, really excited about this pick. Kevin, let's go with you first. How do you feel about this pick? Well, it was interesting, right? We're sitting at 10. Whoever yeah. we wanted at 10 presumably was off the board. Mm-hmm. So we entertained options to trade down and we did i thought we had pretty good value right we got another first we got a second this year and we picked up a third for next third year. So last I'm liking, year yep i'm liking that and uh, of course i'm sort of thinking we're sliding down to get a quarterback perhaps or then i'm thinking defense right because <clears> of our <throat> new head coach vic fazio we maybe we need an inside linebacker noah fant uh tight end at first i was like i didn't know what to make of it because he's like the second best tight end on his college team, right? How does he make it to the first round? I know. And then, and then I read <laughs> about the guy, and he mm-hmm. is your prototypical pass-catching uh, tight end. I mean, four he, five He's speed. a large slot receiver is what he is. Four, five speed at 250 pounds. Yep. He could okay. be the best tight end in the draft, particularly if you're looking to stretch the field. And we know what our offensive coordinator, when he was at San Francisco, Kittle, looked like you know an all-pro there. George with, Kittle, another speed pass-catching guy. And and Joe Flacco loves, loves the tight, tight end. ends. Yes, and our he does. offense, our offense has been about as bad as any NFL team has put on the field for a three-year stretch. So I digested this. I read about him. Saw him interviewed. Saw his highlights i'm starting to like this maybe we'll actually have a passing game this year so i think it was a good pick for us and it filled a gaping need on the offensive side of the ball it did it did i was uh when we traded back so first of all i was not i was uh not fully expecting them to trade back but i had heard rumors going into the draft that that might be a a route that they end up going uh so i knew that it was a possibility especially if one of the guys that we wanted wasn't there i i was mm-hmm. i think i i posted on our group chat uh before the draft started that i thought hey a bold prediction is we might get ed oliver um at pick number 10 that he might actually fall all the way down to us came very close he fell he fell all the way down to nine so he got he got picked right before us i think if he had still been on the board i do think that the uh Broncos staff would have went ahead and selected him. And once he got selected, they were like, okay, let's go ahead and move back um, and get good value. I think they were aware that Drew Locke's Drew Locke was kind of had kind of fallen down people's draft boards a little bit and that they might be able to get him later in the draft. So they go back, they get Noah Fant uh, is pretty much the consensus best pass catching tight end in the draft yeah, with, his, with his teammate, uh, T.J. Hawkinson being the best uh, overall uh, prospect at tight end, just because he's a much better uh, blocker. Unfortunately, Noah Fant uh, did not shine as a blocker in college at all. Um, so he is essentially a, a a slot receiver that plays off of the line. So um, hopefully he can develop. And obviously we have Mike Munchak is going to be coaching our offensive line. So that might also... Uh, really help Noah Fant's development as a blocker. So let's let's fingers crossed for that. Um, but great value pick. I think it is. 
I mean, you think of think of the years that Joe Flacco played in Baltimore, how often Todd Heap, he'd rely on the tight end, Todd Heap, Dennis Pitta, whatever the case is. That was that was always a security blanket. And there's a lot of guys in the league now that have a tight end security blanket, and we just didn't have any proven tight ends. Uh so no, I think didn't. this is this is a huge pick. So um Ian, do you have any last well, words on Noah Fant before we move on? Uh, I thought it was a great pick. I thought he was actually better than his uh, counterpart that got drafted. As a receiver, 10. he was. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, the other guy was, <clears throat> I think TJ, I forget what his last name was, the long last name, I forget it. Hawkinson, um, yeah. Hawkinson, okay. Um, yeah, he's a better blocker, better, probably better overall player. But yeah. we need, he like, like a, he's just like George Kittle. Yeah, we needed a pass we, catcher in there. And we haven't had that since Julius Thomas. Remember, Julius not Thomas a, couldn't Not couldn't an elite block. one. We had Owen Daniels and Jacob Tammy a little bit, but uh, no one that was yeah. elite in regards nobody, to – Nobody, nobody. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great that we, you know, we picked up the – we picked up the uh, extra pick for next year, yep. um, which was awesome. And then I kind of knew, like, at the, at the time, I kind of thought – I was like, all right, at 20, they're going to go for Drew Locke. When they didn't, I was like, oh, okay. He's going to fall out of the first round. Yeah. That whole time, I was looking at like the draft ticker, and I was like, are we going to get Drew Locke at 41 or 42 or whatever it was? We did. Well, we ended up, using the, we ended up using the second rounder that we picked up from Pittsburgh to move up and grab Drew Locke in the second round because Drew right. Locke wasn't even our first second round pick. So we, we we come on the clock, and I think there was a lot of consensus kind of thinking that, oh, they're going to pick Drew Locke. When they didn't pick Drew Locke, I thought that he had just completely fallen off the draft board for them, that they were like, hey, we're going to commit to Flacco and draft someone next year in a, in a deeper quarterback class. But then they traded up, and once they traded up, I was like, oh, okay, they are going to grab him. But we oh, ended it, up getting yeah. – uh, we ended up getting a very versatile – uh, very, very versatile uh, offensive lineman in the uh, second round, right before we moved up and grabbed Drew Locke. Uh, Reiser. But by, mm-hmm. by the name of, yeah, Dalton Reisner. Um, and this guy seems like he's going to be able to move in. Uh, I think that the idea is that he's going to play center. guard or center. Or yeah, center. one of yeah. the two. Guard or center, because Connor McGovern still can play center, so they might actually end up having him at right guard. Um, since we let, you know, since we don't have Matt Paradis anymore. Um, we don't have Matt Paradis anymore. Um, right. But Dalton Reisner out of Kansas State. Um, the the one knock against him is, oh. a, you know, the idea is that his feet weren't quick enough to continue paying uh, tackle in the NFL. But at yeah. the, you know, at the guard position or at the center position, you don't have to have quite as quick feet because you don't have those speed rushers on the outside. Um so exactly. he's got, got the, he's definitely got the power to play inside. So I think that that ended up being a really great pickup. I want to say over, overall, just at least the initial gut reactions, and obviously you have to wait and see on any player. But it's it looks like this is a good draft class. Uh, I think I think it's I think it's like it, like a like last year high character. Yeah, players. it looks like looks like it could end up being a great draft class. But we get get Dalton Reisner. Um, happy about that, and I'm gonna turn this over to uh, to Kevin because Kevin was our Drew Lock uh, aficionado, our Drew Lock uh, for sure. I mean, uh, I love well, him. Yeah, Kevin yes. loves I mean, him. Guys, so, uh, first, I'm gonna turn it over off, to you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, now, my love for Drew Lock. Okay. Now, first, it starts with his name. You have to get. He's got a good name. Very cool. Name. <laughs> he's got a Drew. strong name. <laughs> I mean, it's just made for nicknames. Lock and load. There's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. But oh, you like already started name. coming up with them. So, now, <laughs> you remember, guys, when I was even younger than you are, the Broncos drafted John Elway. They didn't draft him, sorry. The Baltimore Colts drafted him. Yeah, we traded we, for him, yeah. We made a trade on So, I'm from the John Elway era. We have not had a great quarterback, a homegrown quarterback. I'm going to count Elway as homegrown because we got him on the first day of the draft. Uh-huh. Since Elway. Right, and we we've had some good quarterbacks, but you know they were people we traded for. Um, 
and um, you know Manning, uh, we, we picked up. Uh, obviously, he was a free agent, but I, I wanted somebody that we drafted to call our own, and it's been such a difficult three-year period with the turnstile of quarterbacks we've had in there. And as you guys know, unless you have a quality starting quarterback, there's really no hope. There really isn't. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Drew Locke is the guy. Nobody really knows. I mean, he, he he's got – apparently the tangibles are off the chart. He's a super athlete. This guy could have played Division One basketball. Um, he uh, And he's got a rocket arm, uh, smart, rocket. competitive, real solid leadership skills, uh, charismatic, mm-hmm. unlike Paxton Lynch. Uh, he's got some intelligence and some charisma. I think people will follow him. He sort of has that swagger, again, unlike Paxton Lynch. I don't think he's going to be crying on the sideline uh, during, a, during a game. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> I he reminds me of Elway. Um, the way he looks, the way he throws, um, his competitive drive. Uh, he's, by the way, he, I don't know if you guys saw him on on uh, draft night, but he's wearing a cross. Seems like a good Christian, oh, of course. A good yeah, family. We do like that. We do like that. Uh, we, we do support so, crosses around here. And, and the last thing I'd say, because I know you, I know you guys want to jump in here, but um, it's it's the guy, rightly or wrongly, it's it's the, it's the quarterback the Broncos wanted. Um, it that's is. Who yeah. They, yeah. Th- that's who they uh, th- targeted. There was it, debate it, that they might want Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones went way too early. Well, there's a whole. You, st- you can make a whole podcast about how Daniel Jones went at six. I mean, well, and apparently yeah, the, the, the the Giants were apparently duped because their GM was convinced the Broncos were going to select him, and then word on the street is that Elway had faked him. He had no intention on taking Jones, but who knows? But the Giants you never really reached. know with those things. <laughs> Giant, the Giants reach. I think what we do know from everything we've heard and read is that Locke was the quarterback the Broncos were going to draft if they were going to draft a quarterback. Clearly, yeah. they feel they feel pretty good about Flacco, at least for the next year or two. They're bringing Locke in. He's not a first-rounder, doesn't have all that pressure on him. There's going to be absolutely no pressure to hit the field early on. So he can sit back and learn. And Elway used the um, Favre um, – Aaron Rogers, Rogers comparison, yeah. right? And uh, I, I like that. I hope that's the route they go. Yeah, I do hope that is the route they go. So, yeah, <laughs> I love it. At least we have some hope that we have a quarterback to groom for the future. And the guys, gosh, if you look at his uh, highlight reel, everybody looks good <laughs> on a highlight reel. I know that. But, man, he looks impressive. Yeah. He is very – I think he's very impressive. And I honestly think um, – I think uh, Drew Locke reminds me a lot of Jay Cutler. Um, rocket arm, sometimes careless with the rocket arm. Gunslinger. Yeah, gunslinger. But probably has a better head on his shoulders than Jay Cutler did. Yes, more leadership, too. Oh, plus, heard, he doesn't have, a, plus, he doesn't have diabetes. He's not falling asleep in the middle of class. So. <laughs> I, heard, I, heard a, yeah. I heard a comparison about Drew Locke that he was Jay Cutler's physicality and arm strength with Kirk Cousins' brain. That's what, I that's, like that. That's one of the ways that I heard it. And we all know Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, say what you want about him, but he, he is intelligent when it comes to the football field. Um, he is. Very challenged. Yeah, there's very. no doubt about that. That's 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 how he's made his game. He wasn't an elite physical prospect or anything like that. It's been all the mentality. Yeah. And actually, uh, just well, – just got drafted just, in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. So – it, you guys know this. Our listeners may may not know this. I was not a not a big fan of Drew Locke. Not to, I I did not hate Drew Locke at all. I thought he had talent for sure, but mm. I saw I saw too much of what we've made mistakes on already, and that is getting a big quarterback, big arm, struggle with accuracy, struggle with footwork, and seeing him collapse right away on multiple games. I mean, we saw it with Brock Osweiler, saw it with Paxton Lynch. Uh, we've seen it with a number of guys who have come into the league. And I, I, I'm just, I've just kind of been done with those quarterbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was actually a bigger fan of Daniel Jones because he was m- the more accurate quarterback, the more, you know, and that's, I've, I just, I think that's a, a better quality to have than to have the strongest arm. Like, like Ryan Mallett, who just tried to throw the ball through people. Um, 
That's because he's on cocaine. I mean, that's part of it. But <laughs> but it's it's interesting because we go and we get Drew Locke in the second round. And I think second round is was good value for him. I did not want to take him at number 10. I was adamant about that. I thought it was going to be a reach because the quarterback class is not very deep. And he's not even the consensus best quarterback in the class. He's number two or three, arguably. Everyone had Kyler Murray as number one. Obviously. Daniel Jones. Yeah. And then Daniel Jones and Drew Locke were the... 2A, 2B. Um, Haskins so he, it was, was in the conversation. So my, so my, my, I think, I think if it was had been me drafting, I'd be like, hey, there's a really deep quarterback class coming next year. Why don't we roll with Flacco? Uh, maybe get a guy in the later rounds. I was thinking, actually, the guy that I was thinking was Brett Rippin in one of the later Rippin, rounds. Yeah, because everybody said he was going to go in the fifth or sixth round, and he just yeah, got that a, was he, the he idea that he was going fifth to sixth round. Yeah. I was thinking Brett Rippon maybe in the later rounds and then get a franchise guy, you know, hopefully next year. That was kind of my thinking. Ends up we get Drew Locke in the second round. It's good value. I do like I, the value for that pick. And it may end up if they groom him the way that, like, Aaron Rodgers groomed, could end up ending up uh, working out great for us. Uh, but then ne- also, Yeah, because next year, next year we got, what, Jake Fromm. We got the guy from Oregon. Oh, I mean, Oregon, a number, Herbert, of, a number of guys next year. Next next year is going to be stacked. So, hey, but. Yo. From but Alabama, we, I, yeah, we're gonna. This podcast can go too long if we talk about next year's draft class. <laughs> um, so we end up getting Drew Lock, big arm, uh, you know, physical quarterback can make every throw. I mean, definitely has the arm to make any throw in the NFL. Uh, and then we actually Brett Rippon falls out of the draft entirely, which was a surprise. He ends up signing with the Broncos with a six-figure guarantee. Uh, mm-hmm. As an undrafted free agent, and Brett Ribbon is Brett Rippon is almost the exact opposite. Brett Rippon is a cerebral guy, very accurate, but doesn't have the arm strength and all that the physicality and stuff that some of these other guys do. So it ends up we ended up getting a quarterback of both types, uh, exactly to come in and play this year. And I and I think I think they're going to make it an open competition. Obviously, I think Drew Locke because of his draft spot and because of. You know, high, high, you know, being highly touted and everything, he's got the uh, physical talent advantage. I think he's going to have the advantage, but I think they're going to make it pretty much an open competition. Say oh, for sure, Definitely. go win the job. And if you and if you if you think about this, remember who Brett Rippon replaced, who he beat out. He beat out Ryan Finley. Ryan who Finley transferred and got drafted in the fourth round. In the fourth round. <laughs> It's right, kind he of ironic how that happened. It's kind of ironic, right? Yeah. But hey, can I ask? <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, real real quick trivia question. Speaking of undrafted free agents, and this is where the the Broncos have really shined, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, so since 2011, there's only one NFL team that has draft that has signed three undrafted free agents who went on to become Pro Bowlers. And, of course, mm-hmm. that team's the Broncos. They're the only team that have done it. Which three players have become pro bowlers for the Broncos as undrafted free agents? Chris, Chris Harris, Harris, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay. What's the third one? The third we were, one. We were, we, were, we were on those two. We already knew those two. <laughs> we knew those two. We were right on away. that. We it's always the third one that's tough. Oh, man. Uh, undrafted free agent that Chris pro Harris. Not pro pro bowl. bowl. Made a pro bowl roster. At least mm-hmm. one. How recent was this draft pick? The one that we're trying to figure Since out. Since 2011. Or not Wait, draft it, pick, uh, but undrafted. Well, all since 2011. The third one you're trying to think of, I'm guessing, goes back five or six years. Who is it? I, I have no idea. Was it Matt Paradis? Was he... Nope. Mm. He was nope. drafted, though. Late he seven, was drafted. Seven I, could, I couldn't remember if he was drafted or not. He was drafted. Um, <sighs> guys, I'm shocked. We may we may need to edit this out. I'll leave that up to you, Austin. But the answer is... Is it David gonna, Bruton? No. He was drafted. Yeah, he got drafted high, high second round. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. C.J. Anderson. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, that's right. Goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about him. Oh, we're gonna have to cut this segment. I'll tell you what—that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be like, "Yo, these guys are doing a Broncos podcast. These guys are retarded." Man, because that's that's right. Because Monty Ball was the draft pick that we hope. That's right. Succeed. That's right. 
and then he went undrafted. Oh man, that's that's crazy. Well, he left the booze. That's what his problem was. Yeah, drinking oh, problem. Gosh. Poor guy. He was he talented. I think he he could have had a good career. Yeah, he was there with uh he was there with uh Russell Wilson. Yep. Yeah, those guys. I mean, when you know things that get in the way of work ethic, man, you gotta have work ethic to succeed there. You gotta have booze, work ethic. Booze will do it. Booze, booze will, will get do you. That. Video booze games will apparently for Pax and Lynch. So. <laughs> oh, well, you know what he's doing right now? Still playing Call of Duty. Oh God! Well, he. <laughs> I think something. I. I Oh, he got married. That's what it was. He just got married. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I heard him in the news recently. It was because he got married. So, um, well, congratulations to him to get married. But um, yeah, of course, what's so, the best for you? Just don't ever throw a football. It yet. won't last. It'll last probably sh- two years. years. Like, we give three, three, three hey, years. hey you don't years. wish that stuff on. You don't say that. <laughs> you don't go I'm in not. and say that. That is wrong. It's just, it's just it's a prediction. That's all. It's I'm calling years. you out. You ain't doing that. Nope. Um. So, anyways, so we talked about we talked about Drew Locke. We're pretty happy with the uh, the value that we got for him in the second round. Uh, we ended up getting a guy in the third round out of Ohio State. So we actually yep. ended up um, getting a guy named Draymond Jones, defensive like tackle. Like him a lot. Um, he actually was first team in the conference uh, with 114 tackles and nine and a half sacks over three seasons. Pressure um, up the middle. Pressure up the middle. The idea is that okay, so this is kind of the exact opposite. So he's defensive line, of course, but kind of the exact opposite of what Dalton Reisner's kind of fault was. Dalton Reisner's got a lot of power, but didn't have an, as much quickness. Draymond Jones quickness. is the exact opposite. Draymond he's Jones has an quick... explosive, yeah, first step, but not a lot of power. A little bit undersized. They said um, he might have the he might have the best first step out of anybody in the draft. And oh, he's got I know. a frame. A good frame, he can put on some weight. He will. He yeah, yeah he right. could exactly. put on some weight. Exactly. And the the comparison is because another guy who was a little bit undersized but had great explosiveness was Malik Jackson. Yeah, I heard that comparison. Yeah, Malik yeah. Jackson. We know what he did for us. Um, so I really like this pick. I mean, I mean, up and down the draft. I mean, we we just got what seemed to be very good value for where we were picking. And Malik and Jackson is- was good value. We picked him up in the fifth round. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was fifth or sixth. Yeah, it was round. later fifth, in the draft. It was, fifth, it was like fifth round. Yeah. Yeah, it was later it was in the a- draft. So Draymond Jones is gonna. I think we can consensus believe he's gonna create pressure up the middle. Excuse the middle. Me, up the middle yeah. against, uh, you know, against opposing quarterbacks. The the default on him and he's and he should be able to disrupt running plays if they're being if the plays are being ran to the outside if they're being ran away from him the fault is that he could be susceptible if they run right at him because they can push him back and kind of nullify that first step in that quickness and kind of take advantage of his lack of power we do hope of course that he does develop that power and develop that size but that's that's kind of the knock on him right now, but I do think he's going to be. Especially, we lost uh, a fan favorite in Doma Topeka. We all liked him. We lost him. He may come so back. Just, yeah, I he may. He but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I I think he's very much uh, in play for us to come back. On, he on may a, come on back a, on a, on a veteran uh, low cost deal. Uh, he could be, be just because he's he's still available, but um, but as as it stands right now, he's not he's not signed with the team. Uh, I think Draymond Jones could end up uh, getting he a lot starter. of time. Well, he may be a yeah. starter. I don't think he's gonna Might be a starter, be. but because I think you got Shelby Harris, you got Derek Wolf. I don't think he's gonna be a starter, but I think he's gonna be a great rotational pass rusher in the first year. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, I do like that pick. I mean, do you guys have anything anything about him that? Uh, I think, pretty much, you I think you pretty much nailed it on that one. I think you pretty much nailed it. I like the other pick. I like the the guy that we we're going to talk about probably next, the Hollins guy from um, just yeah, Justin Hollins. Why don't you go ahead and lead that one? Justin Hollins out of Oregon, linebacker. Justin Hollins out yeah out of Oregon, uh, all team. Um, I don't know. I just he well, they, high character, high motor, very high under, character. Yeah, little little undersized. But guy, he's like I, I would put him like uh what do you call it? What was the uh like Josie Jones? Uh Josie um Jewel. Yeah, Josie Jewel. Like high mode, I mean just always is around wherever the ball's at, that he's dude's there. there. 
Yeah. Perfect pick. Perfect I, pick. I like it, too. By the way, here's some deep trivia on Justin Hollins. Mm-hmm. He was the only player in the nation last season with – the only player in the whole, whole nation with at least five sacks, five forced fumbles, and one interception. That guy Isn't that is a crazy? Ball. That is yeah, insane. Yeah, I heard that stat you've too. Got to be, you've got to be tough, strong, athletic to manage sacks, fumbles, and interceptions. Yeah, and he, he was actually primarily a pass rusher at Oregon – but the idea is that he may end up playing quite a bit of inside linebacker because he's got such good coverage skills. He's got really good coverage skills in terms of like going against tight ends and slot receivers and stuff. So he may end up playing uh, outside and then moving inside on like passing downs when they need him in coverage. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that end up because as you know, our interior linebackers have just not been that great in coverage the last few years. Uh, Brandon Marshall, surprisingly, was someone who earlier in his career was good in in coverage, and then the last couple of years has fallen off in that regard. Um, so this guy might be able to help uh, patch that up, as it were. But Todd Davis and Joseph Jewell are still penciled in as the starters. We'll see how it plays out in camp, of course. But uh, and then we d- we did not have a seventh round pick. We did not have a fourth round pick. So we ended up getting our last pick of the draft uh, because we did trade up. We traded up again. Um, we ended up trading up and got in the sixth round wide receiver actually out of home state Colorado, uh, Jawan Winfrey, who is very athletic, 210 pound, six foot three, uh, played two seasons with Colorado. He actually started his college career with uh, with Maryland. Um, but what do you guys think about this guy? A six-round pick, so not gr- not super high expectations. But, I mean, what were you guys' initial reactions to this? Well, I, I like the fact that he played at the University of Colo- at Colorado, right? Right, right yeah. down the road. So you, you got to believe that. Played with Phil that, Lindsay, actually. Yeah, so I think they scouted him intensely. They, they probably know the coaching staff well. I think they had some inside information on this guy. He was off the radar screen, I think, with, with a lot of uh, GMs around the league because he, he was injured his senior year. I think he missed a bunch mm-hmm. of games. Um, and as you mentioned, he transferred. So he never really got the college career going and put up the numbers that, that maybe he, he's capable of, which is why we got him in the sixth round. My only argument is I'm thinking he we, we could have picked him up as a UFA. Uh, I don't think he was on many draft boards. But uh, but it tells me that the Broncos really like the guy. They, they clearly didn't want to take the risk that he was yeah, going to I, I do by think, somebody else. I, I think he was the only reach that we had in the draft because – not only did they pick him in the sixth round, but they moved up to pick him in the sixth round. Yeah. So yeah. it makes it makes you wonder: Was there someone? W- w- did John Elway or, or, or and company? Did they know something that we didn't know? Uh, where maybe they were he was so on someone's draft board that he was trying to move in front of. Uh, we may or may not know that, but uh, we may or may not find that out. But uh, ended up trading up to grab him. Uh, he's got a shot to make it as a fourth or fifth uh, receiver on the depth chart. He's got to be able to play. He's got to be able to play special teams in order to make the team, though. So we'll kind of, kind of see what how things shake up there. So that was the draft. I mean, I want to go ahead and get just Ian. We'll start with you. What was your overall? I'm sorry, I'm asking you on the spot here. Overall draft grade for the Broncos this year. Overall draft grade, I give it an A minus. <clears throat> I give it an okay. A minus. A minus. Um, I mean, I thought the you know the wide receiver that we just talked about. I thought it was a bit of a reach. I mean, yeah. I he's had character issues. Um, he's had injury issues. Yeah, like, hence why like he Kevin, didn't play like, much of his senior season. Exactly. Anyone, Kevin said we probably could have picked him up in the uh, as an undrafted free agent. But, I mean. The only part <clears throat> I kind of had my heart set on DK Metcalf. Honestly, oh, of course, yeah, I really did. When I saw him drop to the second round, I'm like, dude, can we please get DK Metcalf? That guy is a mon- that's Demarius Thomas on steroids. 
Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, we don't know. I mean, oh, the physicality. I mean, it's off the charts, but he's just one of those red zone, red zone monsters. I, w- I mean, we ended up going with Reisner, and we got Drew Locke, you know, with the next pick after that. And I was like, all right, we're not going to get DK Metcalf. Not a big deal. But I would give him, like, an overall draft. Um, I'd give him an A-, A- on it. I'd give, I think they, they did they did well. They did well. I'm not, I'm not upset with it. Go ahead, Kevin. I think they, I think they, well, uh, sorry. Sorry, I think they, sorry. Finish up, finish up there. I think they, I think they, uh, they targeted the needs that they had. And we had to get a tight end. And that one that, you know, I mean, you got Jake, Butt. I mean, I mean, he's basically, I mean, I mean, he's basically paper mache. Does the guys have any God, knees? The guy does that. The guy doesn't have any knees anymore. I mean, I mean, how many, how many times? How many times are you gonna lacerate your ACL? I mean, the thing's gone. I mean, if I, you know, after my fourth surgery, I think I'd be like, you know what? I think I'm done. This is not yeah. for me. Okay, go ahead, so, Kevin. Done on that. Well, one. I, I my, my, my grade, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it an A, but, but it's not necessarily an A based on the specific play, the players they drafted, because we just don't know. I mean, a lot of these guys may turn out to be all pros they may they, well, this they is always may, a gut reaction yeah we, we we just don't know but but i will so my grade is really based on the sort of strategy and the discipline and filling needs i mean i really like the fact that you know our first three picks were offense i mean it tells me that they trust fangio in the defensive scheme, that the defense is going to be there for us, but we really need to step it up on offense. I mean, our biggest competitor mm-hmm. in our uh, division is Kansas City, and we know they yeah. score a ton of points, and we can't count on just shutting teams down like this consistently. We have to have a competitive offense. No offense. Fant is going to be a starter week one. Reisner is going to be a starter week one. We got a quarterback that we can groom for the future that that is under no real pressure to play right away. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then I think our defensive picks really filled some some needs for us. You know, we got they're going to be good rotational line. players in year one. I think. Yeah, those more rotational players. I think they fit Fangio's scheme. Uh, just back to Locke, I love how disciplined we were to sit yeah. there and wait until the second round instead of maybe reaching. So, and then by the way, the the, the draft includes whoever we pick next year in the third round. So that's actually part yeah, it of does. our draft. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and, and that's a bonus. So I like it. I'm going to give it an A. Yeah, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. A, I'd say A minus. I'm right there with Ian. Uh, I was kind of leaning toward a B plus, but I think I'm just going to give them the the uh, benefit of the doubt just because of the value that we got for some of these picks. Uh, it was really hard to see them not pick Devin Bush at number ten because I really like Devin. Yeah, Bush. that was a hard one. He's he's uh, he, character wise, <laughs> it was not, a hard one. He's he, character wise, I was a little iffy on him, but dang, the talent is just ridiculous. But Justin Hollins, I really like that pick because we lost Shaq Barrett. And we need yep. a guy who's going to be able to step up and fill in that kind of role pass rusher-wise. But then he also could fill in coverage at middle linebacker. So I really liked that pick. Very true. So we're all pretty happy with the draft. There's two things that I want. We're going to wrap it up here in just a couple minutes. But there's two things that I want to talk about real quick before we do. Uh, one of which was uh, Demary Thomas, long-time, long-time Bronco, of course. I think we were time Bronco here. favorite. Bronco yeah, favorite. Fa- Bronco favorite. Uh, arguably the baby. best. Arguably the best receiver in franchise history. Him and Rod Smith are the two guys really in that conversation. Statistically, um, yes. Statistically, and I mean some of the catches he made too. But he ends up going. We don't. We don't contact him. We don't try to bring him back at all. He ends up going and signing with uh, New England Patriots for not a him? lot of money. Can you blame uh, him the, though? Now he gets to go. He's Bl- played for Peyton Manning. Now he gets to play. Oh for no, no, I, I don't. Bl- I don't. I don't blame. I don't blame Demary <laughs> Thomas for choosing to sign. No brainer. Probably a good. Yeah, no brainer move for him. But we didn't even reach out to try and to try and bring him back. And I was but if little, you think about it, but if you think about it, if we would have actually tried out, you'd be like, hey, Demarius, we, you know, we want to, uh, we want to talk to you. I think we're, we're going to bring you back. We got Joe Flacco. He's like, well, all right, you guys got Joe Flacco. The other team that contacted me has got Tom Brady. But, but you also I have respectfully to respectfully 
turned you down. You, you all did. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I probably, but you also have to understand how much, you know, the, the relationship he had with Emmanuel Sanders, he, you know, true. And, yeah, very true. Uh, the only team he's played for in his career, uh, chance to become the, you know, wouldn't have taken long for him to become the, you know, at least receptions and yards leader uh, for the Broncos. Uh, I still think he's going to be a ring of famer. I, I do too. But yeah. I guess for me, because it, it took a while for the Patriots, the Patriots didn't, you know, as soon as free agency opened, it's not like they went and signed him. I think for, you know, a guy that was as good as he was for as long as he was and potentially still has something left in the tank, uh, we could have gotten him for so cheap. And gotten another veteran in a in a, in a in a in a room that otherwise the wide receiver room is extremely young, extremely unexperienced, uh, yeah. and again some of the things that he's done for this team, I thought it was worth it to go get get him for for super cheap. But but that's just me. I did want to bring that up just because Demary Thomas such a longtime fan favorite here. here fan in favorite, I think. Unfortunately for a lot of teams, the whole drunk driving thing might have screwed him up a little bit. A little and, bit, and, uh, and let's not forget he—he's thirty-one and he has—he's coming off a torn Achilles. Yeah, it's not brutal. Good. Oh, I understand. Yeah, no, I—I I, I understand that there were reasons that it wasn't just for absolutely no reason. So was uh, Emmanuel Sanders, be one of you know, honestly. Yeah, yeah, but we—but that's—that's certainly not the first time or the only situation in which that's happened, and we're paying Emmanuel Sanders what eleven million or whatever, <laughs> um, to come off to come off of a torn ACL where you pay him that one. two or three million, um. True. And True. they're the same age as well. So, but here's the thing: I know, like we always talk about, you know, New England seems to know what they're doing in terms of, you know, letting the guy go a year too early as opposed to a year too late. Typically, nope. if New England is signing a guy like this, it's usually because they do have something left in the tank. New England rarely, you know, takes a chance on a guy that doesn't pay off. Now, there's there are exceptions to that rule because they did sign Chad Ochocinco at one point. Ocho, I was about to say um, Ochocinco. So there are, yeah, there they, are exceptions, they all, but they also signed the guy from the Cardinals two years ago. The the uh, wide receiver alcoholic who did okay, nothing that, for that's, them. Okay, that's that's completely oh, different yeah, yeah, because yeah, he yeah. never he never did anything in the NFL anyway. That wasn't a guy who was established elite All Pro receiver. That was they someone signed, who never no, did anything. No, he, and then he they they signed the done. guy from the Browns too, right? They picked him up last year, and he 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 didn't work. Yeah, out. and he's sus- he's suspended indefinitely, and they picked up his option, so they still are hoping that he comes back. Which guy? Who? who? Josh Gordon. I can't remember his name. Gordon. Oh yeah, yeah Josh Gordon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's suspended he indefinitely, and they still picked up his option. So um, clearly, they still he needs to pick. That. And he just needs to put down the pipe, bro. Just yeah, put it so, down. So that's all. I just want to say that on, on Demary Thomas. I, I do wish that we would have got, went and got him just because he would have been super cheap and, you know, he is who he is. Uh, but the biggest conversation point here uh, is this Chris Harris situation. Yep. Uh, we do know we, – we all kind of know the situation. Yep. It's gotten, you know, arguments happening over negotiations. Now yep. he's demanding uh, to either – Sign me or trade me, and he's asking uh, to be the highest paid receiver, which Josh Norman is, or not receiver, but cornerback. Josh yeah. Norman right now is fifteen million ish, so somewhere in that neighborhood is what he's asking for. Now, if I may take the if I may take the lead on this, because this is my this is my current all this is my current favorite player in the NFL. No. Um, if I may take the lead on this, I think this is a reflection of Elway, because even Champ Bailey has come out and called Elway out on the situation, and Champ Bailey's high class. He's not going to do something like this without reason. And we've seen negotiations fall through, negotiations, you know, even going back to Elvis Dumerville and things like that. Just it seems like he's the integrity kind of goes out the window when it comes to negotiations. And you can some people may peg that as a good thing. I don't think it's a good thing. Um, I think I think high class, high integrity is something that should not only be desired in your players, but also in your front office. Um Chris Harris, he's not greedy. He may be asking for $15 million now, but he's not greedy. Back in 2014, he took less money specifically so they could use that money to sign other guys so they could remain competitive. Obviously, they ended up winning the Super Bowl, so that was great. But then, ever since that point, they've chosen to let guys walk, and you know you can have a conversation about that, and not spend much money 
on in free agency except on overrated offensive linemen. They tend to spend a ton of money on offensive linemen that doesn't do well elsewhere. Um, and right. and so he's seen the money that he gave up at that time has not even been used. It's just been like held on to. And now he's continued to play at an elite level, top five corner every year. And he, they're having conversations, contract negotiations. There's no animosity that we hear of until suddenly they sign Kareem Jackson, who has had exactly one All-Pro year in the in the NFL. Um, that was last year. He's had one All-Pro year. They sign him to $11 million contract. And then they go sign Bryce Callahan to $7 million contract, which is about what Chris Harris is making. And then right. they say, hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and not keep talking to you about your contract until after the draft so that we can see if we like someone else better in the draft and then maybe not have to sign sign you at all. I am completely on Chris Harris's side here because he's been vehemently disrespected in this process, and he did not make any demand for $15 million until after that happened. And I think that is why. I don't think he's ever shown greed. He's never shown a lack of class in any scenario that we've ever seen him in. This has been a nightmare for me to watch. Go ahead, whoever wants to I mean, take it from there. I mean, honestly, I understand exactly what you're saying. Um uh, it's unfortunate for Chris Harris to be going through this because he has been a staple on the defense since 2010. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just how football goes. Honestly, I mean, it sucks. I mean, it sucks to say that because do I want to retain Chris Harris? Of course, because I think you know uh, he's definitely the best nickel corner in the game. I know that right now he's the best nickel corner in the game. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Fifteen million is a bit high. <laughs> yeah, but again, but again, he did never made that demand until Chill. they already yeah. screwed him. Mm-hmm. I think at that point he's like, "Screw it! All right, you guys don't care about me. Then I will go ahead and make what I what I should be able to make." This is after they signed Kareem Jackson, a lesser corner, for eleven million, a lesser and older cornerback for eleven million, and then signed a lesser, less experienced corner for the same money that he's making. And then they're like, yeah, sorry, we're going to shelve contract talks. Like, that's just disrespectful. That's probably not, that's, that's probably more uh, uh, Fangio than it is Elway, honestly. I don't, I don't, I disagree. You don't think so? Oh, I 100% disagree. This is, this has been, this has been a theme since Elway's been in front office. This hasn't just been since Fangio came over. This isn't just this year. This has been, been a theme. What about getting rid of players? Well, just, I mean, not wanting to spend money, except for whatever reason. He wants to spend money on on a below-average offensive lineman. I don't understand that. Grass is always but, greener on the other side. That's what Yeah, it's just he never wants to sign his own players. He always, he always yeah. overvalues other teams' players and undervalues his own. It's been constant. It's been a theme throughout his entire time. Now, there's been good exceptions to that rule. Not to say that it's been... 100% fails or misses or anything like that. He's definitely had good signings. Um, but he's also, you know, like I said, undervalued his own players. Kevin, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sure. All right. Well, listen, I think there's a lot of uh, emotions flying around on this. I'm going <laughs> to be I'm gonna be a little dispassionate about it because it, it's football, but it's a business. And, you know, Elway, as a GM there, has a really tough job. He's got to satisfy ownership, satisfy the fans, satisfy the players, but ultimately he's paid to win, and he's working with the salary cap. Let me remind everyone, Chris Harris is under contract. Uh, Elway has been honest with him from day one. Fifty times he's been asked about Chris Harris. Every single time his answer is the same. We'll look at it after the draft. And that's but what that's he'll do. But that's after he shelved the talks. Let's, let's not forget that, too. We, we, they were already in discussion. So I don't well, know that that is 100% well, honest all the time. But go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. So so <laughs> what happened was uh, Harris's agent then throws out an ultimatum, pay, pay, pay him $15 million a year or trade him. Not a good strategy because, number one, he's untradeable. 
with that kind of demand, nobody's going to give give the Broncos peanuts. Uh, the Broncos have all the leverage here. The guy is under contract. What's he going to do? Sit out for the full year, and then next year when he's playing at 31, hope to hope to get 15 million. That's never going to happen. He's not worth 15 million today. So he's a great. Well, he's 29 now, so he wouldn't be 31 next year. But go ahead. But he'll be no, he'll be 31 when the season. He'll be 30 when the season starts. He'll be 31 next year. His birthday's in like yeah. six weeks. So. Um, you know, and that's that's fact of life in football. You skill position like that, you get 30, uh, you start to trail off, injuries start to add up, all that kind of stuff. Now, having said all that, I think they're going to resign him. Um, I mean, so the way business works is you 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 try to hire the best people you possibly can at the least amount of money. That's just the way the world works, Coming and that's back. the way fo- that's the way football works. He's going to get paid by the Broncos. Elway's going to sit down with him face-to-face, and hopefully the agent doesn't go to social media and just try to create all kinds of havoc in the background. It just doesn't help. Uh, And what they're going to do is they're going to pay him. They're going to make him the best-paid cornerback on the Broncos. And if they pay him a little bit more than the other corners they brought in, I think think Harris would be perfectly happy with it. And they'll sign him to a two-year deal with a third-year option, something like that. It's going to get done. And the Broncos have already tipped their hand. They didn't draft any. They, they didn't, didn't draft, draft a single anything. cornerback. They didn't even pick up a cornerback as as undrafted free agents. They're going to bring right? Harris in, but Elway can't just jump every time there's a demand being made. The guy's under contract. He, it'll happen on the Broncos' timetable, and um, I just didn't like g- going public with with these sort of demands. It sort of diminished. Harris, or, or at least his agent, in my mind, agent, you know what yeah. agents are up to, and uh, so it's it's just going to happen. It'll it'll work its its way out, and I think I think Elway deserves a little bit more credit with his handling of free agents. I mean, so I mean, look what he's done. He he didn't sign Malik Jackson. Jackson's already been cut by Jacksonville. Uh, Talib last year only played eight games, 58% of the snaps for the Rams at $11 million. T.J. Ward, do I need to say anything else about that? He never even played in Tampa. He's out of the league. C.J. Anderson had some success last year, but he's bounced around two or three teams, and now he's looking for work again. Um, you know, Paradis he, and Bradley He did get Ruff, signed. I can't remember who he got signed by, but he did get signed. Uh, you know, we, we re-signed winners. We hit Chris Harris. Uh, when we signed him a few years ago, and we're going to sign him again this year. Derek Wolf, uh, Von Miller, Darian Stewart, Emmanuel Sanders, Virgil Green, McManus, the kicker. Uh, he's done a good well, job. Well, Emmanuel Sanders I, has had health issues, let's be real. But I can't think of yeah. many guys he did Two years in a row. I can't think of anybody that Elway or the Broncos didn't re-sign that we that – we, um, regretted two years after the fact. I can't think of one. The only one I could maybe make an argument for, even though, when they're, even though when they're on our team, you feel like, oh, we can't let them go. We're not going to survive without them. But all these guys we didn't re-sign never went on to have great careers. And they certainly weren't worth the money. And we ended up getting better players in a lot of cases than a replacement. Well, I, th- I, think, one got- I, think, I think one small exception would be Danny Trevathan. I was going to say Trevason, but the issue with him yeah. at the time was they had concerns about his ability to stay healthy over a long-term deal. But let's be honest, Brandon Marshall did not live up to that contract. And Trevason, it's going on to play really well for Chicago. So I think that was a miss. But yeah. there hasn't, so, there hasn't been that many of them. I wish Fangio would have brought him with us. Honestly. And Harris and Harris isn't going anywhere. What's what's he going to do? I, I don't. I don't. No, I do think. I do think they're going to resign him. That's this whole I conversation has not been whether or not are they going to resign him or are they not. I do think they're going to resign him. And I think you're right. They tipped their hand with the draft, not taking cornerback. I just think the mishandling. I was just talking about the integrity of the situation seems to. I don't know where. I don't know where where, where there was an integrity issue. He said all along, well, I'm going to deal with it. Again, after the but draft. you and I, you and I never see eye to eye on this, and that's. Oh. I don't think going to change. But where's the <laughs> lack of integrity? The way that okay, that that's what that whole conversation. I you know I'm not going to rehash the whole thing, but, but um, I've only heard Elway say that he was going to wait until after the draft. He said that consistently, and that's okay. what he's going to do. I, I I understand. I understand that. Now, it just I guess just 
re-listen if you need to hear it again. But <laughs> I've I've already yeah I've already covered where I thought the integrity issue was. But we are we are running about 48, 49 minutes here, so we we do definitely want to wrap up here. So I just want to see if is there anyone, either one of you guys have any last words about the draft about anyone that you're hoping we sign anything like that that you want to talk about with Broncos before we get out of here. Go ahead, Kevin. I will. I will say one thing. So, yeah, we ha- we have a family tradition of seeing Broncos games live together. Right. Of course, yeah, of course. Now, the last time we did that was a couple years ago. We saw them beat San Diego in Denver the year after their Super Bowl victory. That was 2016, and then in 2014 we were out there. We saw them slaughter the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, uh, Which is and great. that was per usual. It, per usual. Great, I think. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there. I think we're due this year. I think we all feel better with it. With, I mean, think about all the, the great moves we've made with our coaching staff. I mean, and, and this draft and free agency. I'm really excited about the coaching staff for sure. Yeah, yeah so, we, about the coaching staff. so I just feel some enthusiasm going. We can maybe talk about it offline, but I think we need to get back out there. As a broadcast team, we need to be and out with there. And ske- with the schedule out. We can we can kind of pick and choose and narrow it down and see what what sounds like a good a good Absolutely. game Absolutely. Yeah. So I agree. With I that. I definitely all for that. Definitely want to go see another game in Denver uh, versus some of these away games, which we've. Got. And we got to pass out more fun, business but... cards. We'll do a better job this time for you, Austin. We'll do a better job this time. <laughs> Ian, how about you? Any <laughs> any last words? Um, I mean, not really. I think we covered most of it. Um, love the draft. Really, I I love the free agency period. Um, I think we got a good squad now. Um, yeah. Still, sort of wish we would address a little bit more of the wide receiver part, but you know, whatever. Um, and and I think I think whatever. go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I it's like whatever. I was just gonna whatever. say now that the NFL draft is over, I do think that you'll see, uh, kind of that that next hashing of the free agency period. Oh yeah, see, for sure. Where you see guys start to get signed to fill in the holes that maybe weren't filled in free or in the draft. And I think we'll oh, see oh. a little bit of that over the next couple of Of course. Weeks I mean, of course I just, um, cause I think our, our wide receiver unit is young. Little, I love, I love this right now. Yeah. I mean, we're like, I mean, I, I, all, the intangibles are there with, um, with Cortland Sutton, you know, you still have Emmanuel Sanders and you know, what? Yeah, Sutton. I mean, Sutton got. I mean, he's got a world of physical talent. He's just got. He's got to put it together. Hopefully, yeah. he puts it together this year. We're all rooting for him to put it together this year. Just and with ha- too many same thing with Hamilton too. Many bouts too. of inconsistency. So right. So uh, I mean, by the way, we, 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 we ought to look at Fan as a wide receiver, really. So we we've helped our receiving core tremendously with him. That's true. No, we helped. We helped our. Agreed. Yeah, we helped agreed our on that. Agreed there, on yeah. that. Agreed on that. So uh, definitely excited. Definitely looking forward to the season. But uh, but yeah, I think I think let's go ahead and wrap this up. We don't want to go do. too long here. Um, we'll be we'll be uh, back on the air uh, probably in a couple weeks. We're not going to come back next week just because there's not going to be a lot of news or a lot to talk about prior. Uh, but as training camp and everything starts to get rolling, we'll definitely be uh, we'll be sure. on the airwaves definitely. as it were. So don't forget to like, subscribe, follow on any of your major podcasting services. Mm-hmm. We're on Spotify now as well. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Castbox, uh, so follow all that on stuff. there. Castbox. Uh, so follow on there. Uh, give us a share. Share us to any of your uh, Broncos fans if you uh, have family friends who listen. Um, that'd be great. Uh, and and yeah, and then uh, we'll just talk to you guys as the season gets closer. Training camp starts to get going. We'll definitely be talking uh, pretty frequently as those, uh, uh, those sure. camps start to happen. So um, sure. from Kevin, from Ian, from myself. Thank you for listening to Deep Bronx Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.